Welcome to Soul Bodied. This is your host, Anna Kinkela. This is a sacred space where we hold conversations on what it means to honor the fullness of our humanity and the expansiveness of our divinity. In this space, we embrace the complexities that are inherent in all of our experiences, welcoming in the messiness of all that we are as a pathway to knowing, embracing, and embodying the fullest expression of our soul in the human realm. We talk about leadership, embodiment, social change, psychology, spirituality, conscious business, quantum creation, politics, nature, movement and the body, relationships, building communities of true connection, and anything else that guides us deeper into leading from a place of wholeness and belonging within ourselves and with each other. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Soul Bodied. This is your host, Anna Kinkela. This week's episode is going to be a little bit different because the collective energy is one that is really calling for me to talk about coronavirus, um, talk about this pandemic, and really address how we can show up in our leadership from a grounded, connected, centered space for ourselves and for each other. As a collective, we are entering into a time that feels very unknown. It feels a little bit like the void. And, you know, for our human selves, this can be a very scary and anxiety-provoking time. And for our spiritual selves, you know, we might understand that during these difficult times, during the space of the unknown, there's also an incredible amount of possibility and opening that's available to us. So, you know, I think that both are true. And what I think is really important for us to anchor into is that both need to be validated and present in the space in order for us to show up as embodied leaders. And so, you know, this podcast episode is really going to be addressing the energy of the collective right now, speaking to what is happening in our world right now and what you can do in order to show up in your embodied leadership and lead others in whatever way that you lead, whether it's, you know, as a mom, whether it's as a business owner, however you are in relationship with people in your life, you are setting an energy, setting a tone and other people are looking to you and you are impacting other people with everything that you say and do, right? And so I think that this is an opportunity for us to really dive deep on, you know, how do we show up in this way? How do we honor everything that's here for us? And what are the really important things for us to know as we enter into this time? This is certainly the first time in my lifetime that I am being confronted with this kind of situation. And I assume that for most of you, that is true as well. And, you know, I know that this won't be the last time. I think we are in a time of humanity, time in our history, where the systems that we've built have been crumbling down in many different ways. Whether, you know, you look at the Me Too movement, and the effects of climate change that have been apparent so much even in the past two years and then coming to this pandemic that we're being faced with, there are so many shadow 
parts that are rising right now, so many systems that are crumbling. And it's meant to happen because we're meant to build something new in its place. And so that always carries its darkness with it. It always carries its shadow. And inevitably, there's so much possibility and transformation that is available to us in the space. And in order for us to build, in order for this transformation to take place, we have to show up in it, right? We have to show up as the leaders that we are. And, you know, I want to talk about how you can resource yourself to do that, what's important to do personally within yourself, and then how do you show up in community with other people, what's important to do at this time. Um, I certainly am aware that, you know, there's quite a few people that still are taking this very seriously and, um, you know, specifically in the spiritual community, a lot of the discourse, at least just a week ago, had been that there was a lot of overreaction happening and, you know, catering towards fear and panic. And, you know, while certainly we want to be wary of living our life from a place of fear or contributing to panic, we don't want to do that. That's never useful, right? There is a healthy amount of fear that is appropriate in this situation because fear is our survival response and it's a survival response for a reason, right? It helps us preserve ourselves. And um, there are a lot of people who are dying from this. You know, this has overarching impacts on people that we love, that we care for, and not just people that we know, but people all around the world who are being profoundly affected. So because we are a community, not just locally, but globally, it is our imperative to do what we can on an individual basis in order to contain this pandemic and to be responsible citizens. And even if we are not someone who is likely to die from this, that we are taking care of each other and that we are doing what we can to really show up for the people in our life and the people that we don't know. So there's such a social responsibility here that if you are someone who has health privilege, that's wonderful. You know, I myself am not concerned with getting really sick. Um, from this virus, but I am, however, concerned of being a carrier and, you know, infecting someone else who might die from the virus. So this is, this is drawing us into recognizing that no matter how much we try to separate ourselves from each other, that at the same time, we are coming into this recognition of how connected we are and how imperative it is that we come together and do what we can to help stop the spread of this. I want to briefly talk about just some of the basic steps we all need to be taking, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about this mainly because it's really available and Googleable, and I'm going to include some resources in the notes for you to check out if some of this information is new to you, but really the external actions that we need to be taking right now is doing everything we can to flatten the curve, which means to minimize the spread of infection, and that is all about social distancing washing your hands plenty of times, really not going about your life as if it was business as usual, because it's not. We all need to be vigilant and really stay out of large social gatherings and um, cease the usual activity of going to cafes and bars. You know, even for myself, I usually go to cafes to work and I have stopped doing that. I'm really operating more from my Airbnb right now and only going outside is absolutely necessary to get groceries, um, to do the necessities of life. Right. So, you know, that goes without saying, and I'm going to link some articles that talk about flattening the curve and what that really means if you are not informed about that. And I want you to check those things out. Otherwise, just start Googling if you haven't had a chance to do that and really look into some of these external actions that we all need to be taking on an individual basis, regardless of where we are in the world. Um, if you're in a place in the world where this hasn't exploded yet, um, then especially we need to be doing these things 
things and quote unquote overreacting in order to prevent what's currently happening in Italy and what's about to start happening in the U.S. Further from that, I think what's really important is that we all step into our leadership and talk to our communities about the necessity of doing this um, because there are still so many people that aren't taking this seriously and um, that are, you know, kind of on the side of we shouldn't be panicking. And I want to really talk about the difference between panic and taking appropriate action that's being reflected based on facts of the external circumstances of our situation, right? We are not acting from fear. We're not acting from panic. If we are simply acting in accordance with our well-being and the welfare of the collective, yeah? Our fear, when we feel fear, when we feel anxiety, it's not a necessarily bad thing, right? Our fear and our anxiety communicate to us that we need to address something in our environment that is causing some kind of threat. And once we have that initial awareness through you know, fear and anxiety, then we can talk about how do we shift into a more constructive place, right? How do we shift into a more centered space? But in the meantime, our fear and anxiety is really telling us like this needs to be addressed. There are some very legitimate reasons why we all need to be concerned here, right? But it's it is about preventing ourselves from switching to panic, which is, you know, buying a year's worth of toilet paper in one go. That is what I would say as a reflection of a state of panic, right? And that's not good for our nervous system. It's also not good for helping to lead others through this, whether it's our family, our friends, or our business. Yeah. So being in a state of panic isn't going to be helpful to getting you to achieve a desired result. It's just going to keep you circling in the same space and it's going to undercut any type of space of possibility that's available to us here, right? So we want to take direction from anxiety and fear when it's warranted, but not staying there. Yeah, not feed the fear and anxiety, rather acknowledge its presence, understand what it's communicating, and then allowing ourselves to energetically shift into opening and creating the possibilities that are available to us here. So we have the capacity to hold both. Um, but what it does require us to do in our own personal leadership is to first create space for us to feel and experience the fear and anxiety because it's so human. It's so normal. And the shadows within us always teach us how to walk towards the light if we allow it to, right? There's a difference between honoring the fear and anxiety for what it has to teach us and spiraling in fear and anxiety, Yeah, they're two different kinds of energies. It's so normal for you to feel anxious and fearful in this moment. And I'm going to share a few things that I noticed of ways that people get into a space of panic really quickly. Um, And some examples of what can happen in our mind when we experience anxiety and fear and how that can automatically shift us into this like fearful based programming, but also what you realistically need to do in order to help yourself shift out of that space, right? And become more centered and embodied in the moment. So one of the things that I'll share that happens for me and that I actually also notice that happens for my clients quite a bit is, you know, I have an uncomfortable emotion like fear or anxiety And then I start to have judgment about the emotion. And therefore, because I'm having judgment, I'm trying to suppress the emotion. And I start doing all of the things in opposition to that emotion in order to shift out of it. So I'll do things that, you know, help me expand, help me shift energy. And none of that is bad, right? Like it's good for us to, you know, try to take control and really intentionally shift an energy that's presenting itself, but not before we honor the anxiety and the fear that's showing up. When we suppress an emotion, when we suppress an energy that's attempting to come out from us, 
we are just prolonging its effect. So I want you to think of it, the longer you delay witnessing an emotion, the longer it's going to stick around because essentially what it's trying to communicate to you is, hey, hey, I'm here to share something with you. I'm here for a reason and I need to be witnessed. I need to be heard in order to give you all the relevant information, right? And so what happens in the example that I shared where there's an emotion that's uncomfortable, the judgment starts to happen on top of the emotion, the natural process of being able to, you know, process the emotion fully through our body, through our mind gets interrupted and the emotion just keeps on coming back every single time we maybe start, stop chanting our mantras or we're not in a yoga class or we're not watching TV, right? The emotion just returns because it's recognizing it hasn't had space to be fully heard. So, you know, when I hear people say, just think positively, just do all these things to shift your energy. Yes, let's do that. Let's include that in the equation, but only after you've created space to honor the emotional experience that you are having. So a prime example of this for me with this specific situation in the world, as we're facing this pandemic and I'm seeing the effects of it, right? I spent most of the weekend allowing for my anxiety and fear to be here. So I talked to my anxiety and fear. I allowed my body to lead how I wanted to show up. So if I needed more rest, I gave myself more rest. If I wanted to watch a couple of shows, I watched a couple of shows, right? But I was also really aware of not allowing myself to spiral in it. Yeah. So it's really kind of maintaining, you know, there's no such thing as perfect balance, but there is such a thing as helping yourself to harmonize with the flow of the emotion versus overloading yourself with the emotion. I'm witnessing the emotion as I am doing what I can to help ground and regulate my nervous system and my body to keep on teaching it. It's safe to be here. It's okay to be here. And it's okay for me to be having these feelings that I'm having. And it's okay for me to create space to, for them to be processed. Yeah. So it's both a holding yourself and also creating space to witness whatever's coming through. And maybe it's crying. Maybe you need to cry. Maybe you need to rage. Um, maybe you need to call all your friends and just express where you are at and be witnessed in the process. Maybe you need to cope in some way by watching some trash TV or eating some sugar. I mean, I did that this weekend for sure. But I also meditated, right? I also called people that I loved to check in with them. I listened to music and I danced in my kitchen. I, you know, cooked and engaged creatively with myself. So you can create space for, for all of these things and it not have to be one thing or another, right? If I had anxiety coming up in the midst of my dancing, I would dance to express my anxiety. Whatever anxiety wanted me to know, I danced it out. So there's a way to have both pleasure and pain in the same place and it not be wrong. Yeah, there's a way to feel fear and love in the same space and not make it wrong. And because I created this space for myself this weekend to be able to do that and to not necessarily need to be productive or have any specific goals in mind of what I wanted to achieve, but only be present with what's showing up and allowing that to guide me, I am now in such a better space, right? The anxiety and fear is not overloading me. I'm able to witness if more comes up, but I'm also able to step into action and really feel my feet on the ground. I'm able to um, feel embodied in what I have to say here on this podcast and, and how I'm showing up with my friends and my community. And it's largely due to the fact that I created that space over the weekend to just feel what I'm feeling and to not have to be perfect in it and to just be willing to be in the mess. And what I'd love to remind everyone is that we want to do this within ourselves and also 
create containers for other people to be able to have this experience within as well. So, you know, if someone's in their anxiety and fear, to be able to witness them and validate them there instead of saying, we just need to think positively, right? Because some people aren't there yet and that's okay. We all process at different speeds and, you know, some people need more time to sit with their anxiety and fear. It's more of a matter of asking, how are you taking care of yourself, right? I hear that you are anxious and fearful and I witness you in that and it's understandable. And also, how are you taking care of yourself during this time? How are you tending to your nervous system? So the best thing that I know to do in these situations is it's not about talking people out of their anxiety and fear. It's actually tending to the body and deeply nourishing the body so that the nervous system and the body start to feel safe again. Because whatever the body feels is how the mind is going to respond. So without trying to rationalize yourself out of it or rationalize anyone else out of it, it's all about coming into the body and asking the body, what do you need? How do you need to be held today? How do you need to be nourished today? How do you need to move today? What is your body asking for? And really radically listen to your body here. Even if it doesn't make any sense, even if you're telling yourself you don't have time, drop what you're doing and just create five minutes to do it. I make it a daily practice to ask my body what it needs as soon as I wake up in the morning. And I really plan my day around it because when I center my body, I am centering my own embodiment. Yeah, this doesn't have to take a lot of time. In fact, it's really easy to interweave. And I think sometimes we make this into a big ordeal when it can really be very simple. I operate off of a couple of principles um, when it comes to my body, which is how do I want to move it? And sometimes movement, like movement really is a broad scope here. It can absolutely mean exercise, but in a way that feels good to you, it should be pleasurable. It can also mean like taking a walk. It can mean like dancing for three minutes to a song. You know, there's lots of ways for us to move our bodies. The other piece is that I'm being really present to how I can integrate pleasure and slow things down and become very intentional about how I do tasks. So instead of allowing my body to switch into this response reaction mode, like let's hurry, let's get dinner together. Let's hurry, let's get out the door. Let's hurry and do this and get our work done, right? I'm actually just breathing, using my breath, and allowing my breath to reach all the way down to my toes. In fact, like, let's do that right now. I want you all to just take a deep inhale through the nose. And then slowly exhale, slowly out the mouth, picturing the breath, reaching all the way down to the tips of the toes, feeling the breath in connection with the earth. Right. If I find myself rushing through things, if I find my body in that reaction mode, I pause as a way of interrupting the programming that's currently operating, and I direct the breath down. And then I ask myself, how can I approach this task from a place of pleasure? How can I interweave pleasure in this moment? And pleasure is really about noticing your five senses it's about being witness to how does this feel, right? How am I experiencing this? What feels good in this moment? And that is a beautiful thing to do for everything. But in particular, it does help us to ground and it helps us to remember the small, simple, delicious things of life. And that contributes to our grounding. I think this is especially important if you are social distancing, right? And staying in your home more, or if you are required to isolate yourself at this point in time, that we are tuning into pleasure. Pleasure can look a lot of different ways. It can definitely be sexual, right? But it's also just really in the small things of life and finding pleasure in those. 
And it's easy for us to forget that as human beings who kind of automatically walk through our world every day. And what's different when we're, you know, doing all these things, being very busy, which we're very used to, is we're switching our environment all the time. We're seeing different people. And so there's a way that our brain is staying engaged. When we're at home, it's the same environment, the same people, the same thing every day. And so tuning into pleasure helps us to slow down and to notice the subtle, beautiful aspects of every moment. And that is what makes our life feel yummy and delicious. I also notice that, you know, even though we're being asked to slow down right now, which is such a huge blessing, what hasn't gone away is our social programming that tells us to keep going. And so when you have a whole bunch of people who are being told that you need to essentially stay in your home and not go anywhere and not go into work, we still have a hard time switching into it's okay for us to do nothing. It's okay for us to rest. It's okay to not be productive in the usual ways that we are productive. And I see all of these quotes that are, you know, floating around the internet that are like, oh, you know, Newton developed his theories while he was under quarantine for X, Y, and Z. And while that might be true, and that's a wonderful thing, um, and you might feel inspired to be very creative and do big things, you know, if you're feeling inspired and that feels in alignment, go for it. But I also just want to normalize that it's okay to not feel motivated to do any work and that it's okay to rest and allow yourself to receive and just give your body what it needs. If you are tired, if you're not feeling like working, that's a clear communication from your body that it wants to be still, that that's what it's really yearning for. And the way that this is a gift in so many ways is that it's giving us the opportunity to slow down and radically rest without the usual requirements of our day-to-day lives. In fact, I want to empower and encourage you to even write on a sticky note somewhere where it's very visible to you every single day. I give myself permission to radically rest. I give myself permission to radically rest. I don't think that there is a person on this planet that could not use that reminder on a daily basis because we are also programmed, our nervous system is programmed to continually be in movement. And so for many people, this is going to be a complete shock and a lot of anxiety and fear actually comes up because we're being asked to slow down so much. I see that happening to my clients all the time. They're put into a situation where they are forced to slow down when their usual programming is always go, go, go. And the anxiety and fear is because there's a part of you that's like, I should be doing something. I should be working. I should be moving. What's happening? How am I failing? Yeah. So there can be multiple levels of anxiety and fear here. It can be anxiety and fear about the situation that's happening in the world. And underneath that, it also could be anxiety and fear about just being asked to slow down and rest and not achieve particularly because, you know, our money income stories are going to come up in this space. And that's another thing that's getting triggered for a lot of people is the scarcity part, right? A lot of people are losing wages, um, are being forced to close businesses because of this. And so understandably, there's going to be anxiety and fear in terms of finances, right? Stock market, all of that stuff. And, you know, these are all really useful things for you to look at. These are all really important shadows to be witnessed and worked with because they will create an opening to you feeling more abundance, to feeling more possibility. It's all an invitation for you. So first thing, tend to your nervous system every day, consistently throughout the day, 
check in with how your body is feeling. It'll always tell you exactly what you need to do to bring yourself back to center. It has so much wisdom to share with you. The other piece is, you know, you can definitely look at like mindset. How can we shift the story? And, you know, while I think that mantras are wonderful and beautiful and can be so supportive, one of the things that I really encourage my clients to do that I do myself is to look at the ways that you have been courageous and resilient and all the ways that you have survived whatever has happened to you throughout your life. I think that this is such a powerful practice. When we recognize our own resilience, we access all of these other stories that feel true to us in our bodies. If you create a mantra for yourself that feels true and embodied for you, wonderful. But one of the things that I deeply know to be true is that the stories that we have about our past that negatively impact us in the present is because we're actually just not accessing the other perspective of the stories that we have, right? We're not accessing the times that we have survived and that, in fact, the ways that we've thrived in situations that have been challenging in the past. We haven't witnessed ourselves and seen ourselves as courageous, but we've seen the times where maybe we've got overtaken by fear. Yeah. And so it's about really looking at your own story and being able to understand the other perspective of that story, being able to witness yourself maybe from the eyes of another and to really write yourself into how you have been resilient throughout your entire life. And there's no doubt that you have been resilient. It's not a question of whether you have. It's a question of, are you seeing it? Are you recognizing it? Are you steering your energy into acknowledging all of the ways that you have shown up for yourself that have helped you to not just survive, but also thrive up until now? Because there's no doubt that you are thriving in some area of your life in some shape or form. And there's no doubt that you are surviving because you are here right now in this moment. You've made it. And writing down your examples of resilience is definitely going to help you shift energetically to recognizing that no matter what happens here, you are going to survive and you will figure out how to thrive. I find that when our affirmations, our mantras come from, are extracted from the very real situations that we've been in, that that's when they're the most effective for us on a daily basis. Another beautiful way of both healing, grounding, and expanding is to go outside and commune with nature while maintaining social distancing, right? There's so much medicine in nature. Not only is it true that, you know, when we put it, our feet in the earth that we ground in at such a profound level, but it's also true that we open ourselves to the wisdom and the medicine that plants, that the elements have to give us in the moment. Nature is a reflection of us. Yeah. And when we are in nature, we inevitably are able to connect with the highest self in the space. Nature is so vast and it is an expression of the divine feminine. Yeah. And so when we go into nature and we allow ourselves to connect with what we're seeing, what we're feeling, what we're sensing we start to recognize that same energy within ourselves. We start to touch into that same energy within ourselves. So there's a reciprocal mirroring process that's unfolding in the space. I also frequently use so many things in nature as an ally, as a partner. And I often work with the elements of nature, not just individually, but also with my clients. And so when I'm in nature, I can really 
viscerally and physically connect with the elements in a way that opens up the possibility for me to receive guidance from them. And right now we are very much in a space where we're going inward and this is a beautiful opportunity to open ourselves to guidance from nature and to what she has to share with us. And so you can receive medicine from a tree, you can receive medicine from a bird, you can, you know, receive medicine from the grass and other plants, the wind, um, all of these pieces of nature have something unique to contribute. And if you are in a part of the world where you're on lockdown, where you cannot leave your house to even access nature, what would it be like to open up the window and to feel the breeze on your face, to feel the sun on your face? What would it be like to look at the nearest tree and to just allow yourself to deepen in relationship with it through the gaze? What can you see when you do that? Yeah. You can still receive energy from these things, even if you cannot touch them. And so there's also power for you in that space. All of the things that I've mentioned up until this point are beautiful ways for you to really ground into yourself, for you to connect with more guidance and to allow anything that is coming through the space for you to land fully in your body, right? Because when we're not grounded... When the energy isn't reaching our lower chakras, we're not able to integrate the information. So I know for a lot of spiritual folks that I've been talking to right now, they might be receiving a lot of downloads. They might be receiving a lot of insights, intuitive guidance, however you want to talk about it. And the only way that this can fully integrate and become embodied in you know, the 3D realm, become embodied in your current physical reality is if you allow that energy to drop into the lower chakras so that you can take action. I also want to talk about, you know, what's coming from this experience for us and why it's so important for us to actually be really present within ourselves in this space. You know, a lot of people are talking about coronavirus as being this cleaning out um, spiritually, and that very well might be true. I think the way that I really understand this is that regardless of why coronavirus is here, the reality is, is that, you know, the world is confronting a very deep shadow and we're being forced to look at systems, ways of being and doing that are no longer really serving anyone. And it's not that they haven't been visible before, right? These things have been visible to so many people, but now they are becoming so blatantly apparent that we can't turn away from them. We are forced to actually change them. And this is what happens to us individually, right, on an individual level, when we know that we're in a certain pattern that isn't serving us, but we delay changing it and shifting it, we eventually just get brought to our knees with a shadow event in our life that forces us to make the change that is truly necessary for the next evolvement of who we are, of our life, of our leadership, of our business, whatever, to spring up from the ashes, right? And in so many ways, I, I see this as an opportunity for all of us to go inward, to do the deeper work within ourselves, and then show up in the collective um, and lead from a different space, a different way of doing and a different way of being. And our systems are going to be forced to do that on the whole, um, because we're going to be look at a, looking at a whole new way of, you know, maybe approaching how we earn livelihood, our livelihood, right? How we function in the world. Um, there's a lot of business coaches, business mentors who are really predicting that this is going to lead to more jobs um, getting put online, right? So that more people are going to transition into working from home and that, you know, the way that we live um, is going to shift considerably. And I can see that happening. I can see these structures adjusting themselves. 
and us stepping into this whole new way of um, being in our in our environments. And also, what I think is true is we're you know something that's also getting highlighted in the U.S. is healthcare system, how important universal healthcare is, um, how people don't have access to proper care and, you know, don't go into emergency rooms or to doctors because they're not covered. And it's highlighting how that system is not working. So, um, you know, and that was apparent to me and to so many other folks in the past, but now it's actually forcing, you know, leadership, people in big leadership positions that haven't wanted to make big shifts and changes in how we do things. It's forcing them to do those things. It's forcing them to look at those things. And so we are going to be seeing an overhaul of, you know, ways that we've been functioning in the world. And it's not going to be painless. It's going to be pretty painful. Change is hard for all of us. Um, and there's going to be bad things that happen, right? Um, and also, you know, what is here for us is that we are in this void right now where going inward, being in quarantine, we really get to create in this field. We get to see what else is possible, if these systems aren't working for us, if these systems aren't supporting us, if the way that you individually, how you are in your life or how you are in your business isn't supporting you in the way that you want to be supported, then what needs to be created in its stead? Yeah. What gets to emerge from the ashes of this, from the in-between space? The in-between spaces, the liminal spaces, are the most powerful ones. It's where the bulk of transformation happens. It's where the gold emerges. But it does require us to become still enough, to become quiet enough, and to be grounded enough to receive the wisdom that's trying to flow in right now. And the invitation here is for us to be with these shadows for us to be with the reality of what is happening in the world while also still anchoring into the possibility and the limitlessness that's on the other side of this shadow. And it is a challenge for us to hold both spaces. Um, but what I really want to highlight here is that it's not about you being all about the shadow or all about the light. It's about you being both you flowing with the wave, with the wave of the shadow and the wave of the light and allowing yourself to maybe even just focus on the short term right now. It's just about taking the next best step and allowing the long term to exist somewhere in the future, but to not allow it to distract you at this point in time. As human beings, especially when we're in fear response, we are trying to control, we are trying to plan, we're trying to predict. And in this moment, as I'm recording this podcast and where we currently are, the energy that we are currently inhabiting, it's just important for us to pause and to take aligned action. And action can look a lot of different ways. Action can mean, aligned action can mean taking a nap reading a book, taking a course, dancing in your living room, running, going out into nature, if that's available to you, it can mean these things that have nothing to do with like that, you know, very goal oriented, get things done action. Aligned action can also mean creating a course, writing a book. It can mean showing up for your audience every single day and leading but the point is, is that it's not going to look the same for every single person because each one of us have a different role to play here. And each one of us is being guided into something different. And so it's really important for us to first really acknowledge that we are all going to be showing up differently in this space. And it's a matter of you really owning your own personal leadership here and you know, being responsible to the fact that 
as long as you are allowing yourself to turn towards these shadow parts, and as long as you're also allowing yourself to anchor into the light, you're dipping your toes into both of these spaces and honoring all that is here for you, that you are doing enough, right? You are doing enough. Wherever you are, you are doing enough. You are enough. Whatever is showing up for you is okay. And so, yes, this is a time, this is both a very difficult time and also can be an exciting time, um, an exciting time of creation, and then also a really difficult time of emotional upheaval, um, grief, loss, all of that. And it all gets to be here for you, right? It doesn't have to be one or the other. And so there is an invitation for leaders to really step into their next level of leadership, their next level of growth here. And that's going to look different across the board. But, you know, what you're being asked to do here is, is really based on what, what's the guidance that you're receiving. And so I see a lot of people being urged to, you know, show up for their audience and serve and do all of that. And I totally agree with that. I think that we do really need to show up and serve our people with the gifts that we have. It's not a time to shrink away. But I also want to stress the importance of allowing yourself to ground in first and to take care of yourself first, because if you are not doing that and you are rushing to the serving, rushing to the showing up and doing it from a disembodied space, then you're not going to be bringing the energy of the possibility that's unfolding for you and for the people that you are serving and have yet to serve, right? So you have to make sure that you are right and good within yourself and then take aligned action from that space. So your first priority every morning, every day is just like, how am I doing? What does my body need? How do I need to show up for me first? And then how do I need to show up for my family? And then how do I show up for my community and my audience? If you have one, right? If you're running a business. So don't forget about yourself. And it's easy for us to forget about ourselves when we're worried about other people or when we're scared for our business and we jump straight into action mode um, because of the control pieces that come up. Just be aware of what you are trying to control right now. Identify the control paradigms that are operating in your life. I guarantee you there are plenty. Some of them serve. Some of them create necessary structure and others of them just impede your ability to release surrender and trust here. And they will be clear indicators of where the fear rests, right? So if I didn't feel the need to control this, right? If I didn't control this, what would happen? What's the fear there? If I released control of this thing in my life, what am I afraid would happen? And you can do the deeper digging of understanding where does this fear come from? How is this fear serving me? Is it allowing me to embody my highest self? Is it allowing me to make the most aligned decisions for myself? Or is it impeding that process? And really allow yourself to get to know that fear, right? And the more you get to know it, the more it'll naturally open up to you and release from your body release energetically. Yeah. So my dear friends, I don't know what is coming on the other side of this. We can make predictions and, um, and perhaps some of the predictions are correct. We will see, but what remains here for us in the present is to really just honor this in between this liminal space and to honor whatever is here for us and to know that we are all being called to show up a little bit differently and to give ourselves permission for that to be okay, to allow ourselves to be with all of it. And really at the end of the day, to energetically alchemize ourselves back into our own power. And sometimes you know, we all have different processing times. We all need different amount of space in order to be able to get there. 
And so just practice patience with yourself. Practice taking it one step at a time. Prioritize grounding. And, you know, really connect with people. Even though you can't be in close physical proximity, you can have Zoom calls. You can deepen your intimacy with the people in your life. Ask deeper questions, you know. I think we often go through our life and sometimes have surface level interaction with the people around us. And maybe now is the time to deepen the connections that we have and really sit with each other and see each other. It can provide so much richness and so much more love into your everyday. So don't forget to play. Don't forget to access pleasure. Don't forget to connect heart to heart with the people that are in physical space with you, that are in digital space with you. And don't forget to allow yourself to be wherever you are. Give yourself compassion and step into whatever is wanting to be birthed here through you. There's something beautiful coming. Sending love to all of you, giving you all a big virtual hug and you know, please know that I'm here. And like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, I am providing sliding scale, low cost, also scholarship opportunities for you to receive energetic healing sessions for me. These energetic healing sessions are really a combination of shadow and light work. So we're both healing and expanding. And, um, this is, a huge, huge catalyst for all of my clients to help them step into the next level of their leadership and business. And so much clarity comes through the session. Um, and it doesn't have to, right? The session can merely be a really powerful healing session and that is enough. So whatever happens in the space is what's meant to happen. And we allow your internal world to guide us to exactly where we need to go so that you are empowered as your own healer in the space. So I really encourage you to reach out to me. This is really me wanting to show up in service for all of you and for in service of where we are in the world. And that feels aligned for me. And so please, you can reach out to me on Instagram. You can email me Anna at AnnaKinkela.com. Um, and I would love to meet you and to be of service to you in any way that I can take care of yourself and each other and I'll see you next time